0: Okay, today we're going to uh, be talking uh, about, uh, obviously, Musar, but the Musar, it's a lesson on calmness. I needed this lesson this week. My wife can attest to it. I told her, I get angry, but I don't have an anger management issue, right? I manage my anger fine. My problem is, is the anger that's deep down inside right it builds up and I I don't I don't I'm not a person who's not calm I am calm but many times when I'm calm I'm I can be raging inside now I'm I'm hoping to be like you guys one day and be inside a Zen master and and show it on the outside too okay but I I, I, I mentioned to my wife, that after having a few days of <clears throat> challenges in my m- Musar, I, I felt horrible. I felt horrible about myself. Not because I did anything wrong. It's just that how you feel. Does it make sense? And, and I realized that my feelings are very deceptive. And we live in a very chaotic world as it is. And to me, I'm finding it more challenging today than what it used to be. Twenty years ago for me I, and look I've worked in some very stressful environments in my life but it seems that the world is decreasingly calm uh, decreasingly uh, calm is becoming more decreasingly calm as the years go by technology is, uh, is making the environment worse it's stirring the pot and as, as Sandy said before we feel like <clears throat> that every time this thing buzzes, beeps Whatever we have to jump on it and answer it away, and you know I, there was a there was a th- time this week that I thought I I thought about just deleting my Facebook page. I thought about deleting all my social networking. I did that. You did that? Yeah, I, years ago on the Facebook. Oh, really? Page, well, first, but, well yeah. I, I thought about it, and then I thought about well, we could do a generic when my wife and I could do one together. But you know, the point is, is what I realized this week is just the, the the turmoil of news and and you know just stuff around it it was it was subliminally subliminally affecting me and so what i found i was found i was getting sort of agitated i wasn't very calm uh you know and and i felt it i felt it big time <clears throat> now there's a number of different negative responses that that we can choose to deal with the realization that the world often seems to be falling apart. There's panic and despair and complacency, etc. When it looks like many things are unstable and unsafe, I often find myself hanging into whatever seems to be stable. Uh, You know, maybe number one is my relationship with my wife. I know that when everything else fails, I have my relationship with my wife. Or when, you know, everything else in the world might turn bad, I have my children and my grandchildren. I know that we can all be a family and a unit together. And and we talk about Nativ, how it's great to have the community of Nativ that we can rely on if something happens. But in reality, no human can ever be stable no human and that's the thing that we have to be careful of is putting all of our 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 hope and stability uh, into another human being why because human beings can fail human beings can have a difficult time and you know that's probably one of the big lessons that we've learned in in our life of working in service to others is that people just will disappoint you Um, when I Attach my own sense of well-being to things that may seem to be stable but turn out not to be. I get disappointed and discouraged. This has happened to me over and over. When you think, okay, this is something I can depend on. And then it changes. Uh, You you just name it. You can just fill it in. The truth is that, that we will not find true calmness in the midst of chaos except for one thing. And that is the promises of God. That is the truth contained in the essence of the creator of the universe. Now, outside of that, there's nothing else. If it, if it wasn't for my relationship with the creator, I'd have probably lost my mind a long time ago. Because there's nothing else that you can really put as an anchor. There's really nothing else I can depend on. And When you're feeling the worst is when you know I at least have one stable platform. We only get a glimpse into God's truth in this life because we are sandwiched between a past that we've largely forgotten, god Eden, and a future which seems to be too far away, Alam We're sort of stuck in between the two places and we're not sure where we're going to end up. The Torah portion in Kitzitzi contains a verse. For the Haftorah, Isaiah 54.10. If you want to write it down, or go to it. I found this very interesting. Isaiah 54.10. For the mountains shall depart, and the hills totter. you know what totter means? Shake. For my kindness shall not depart from you, neither shall my covenant of my peace totter, says the Lord, who has compassion on you. Isaiah 54.10. Now, when you think of mountains tottering, you go, whoa, hold on a second, mountains tottering? Can you imagine Mount Everest tottering? But you and I both know, after the tsunami just this week in Asia, we watched mountains just turn into a river of mud. It's, it's amazing. But God says mountains will totter, but my covenant and my kindness of peace will not totter. It will not shake There's no question of whether or not the mountains and hills are going to become unstable. They will. God's kindness and His covenant is not uh, necessarily demonstrated by a stable economy. Now follow this. A belief from natural disasters, a relief from natural disasters, and or a healthy government, or uh, a healthy life, guaranteed never to have a disease. Wouldn't that be nice? But God's compassion is demonstrated even in the midst of the crumbling world around us. Even when we see that there are such conflicts within uh, governments and world governments. In the midst of seeing so many very positive things happen in the world, we're also seeing the, the, the absolute opposite. We're not even talking about a little opposite. The absolute opposite from that. Which is very disturbing. And it seems like the mountains are crumbling. But in reality... We should come to expect that. You've heard me say, and I will say it again later on, but I'll repeat it now. One of the greatest ways to stay calm is to not have expectations of people. And I still, I, listen guys, I say this to you, but I still find myself looped into thinking, this person should should have done this or that, or should have reacted this, this way or the other. A good friend of mine uh, used to say, we we really can't put ourselves in a place of telling somebody what they should or should not do. Because it's not your place. It, it, they're going to do what they're going to do anyway. It's our place to consider what we should do and should not do. Calmness is a midah that comes into play each and every day. And the little things and the big things. Low-grade uh, nagging feelings that things are not well impacts a little, a cho- are the little choices that we make on a regular basis to convul- c- cultivate the midah of calmness it is important to, to tackle one's overall sense of stability can you be calm when it seems to everything seems to be falling apart yes I, I can tell you that uh, I've been around a lot of people especially bombs uh, that have demonstrated calmness in the, in the face of a very difficult time with their children, for example, and, and some reason they just turn into a laser beam focus and pew, this is what needs to be done, let's take care of it. If you look at uh, nurses and hospital workers, uh, doctors in an in emergency room, it may seem chaotic, but these guys are like pew, they're like a laser beam. And it's amazing to watch trauma room doctors work. So yes, it is possible in the midst of a very difficult time being calm, In the the late 1930s, uh, prior to the outbreak of World War II, the British government designed a number of morale-boosting posters, and one of them said, keep calm and carry on, right? Keep calm and carry on. So we know that the antithesis of being able to maintain calmness is actually falling apart and curling up into a ball and saying, I can't do anything about it, though that's what we really want to do, right? Right? There's a reason this message remains timeless. Most of us deal with daily challenges and adversity of some kind, whether it's in our work, in our personal life, etc. Here's a quote by a man by the name of James Allen. He said, the more tranquil a man becomes, the greater his success. His influence, his power for good, calmness of mind is one of the most beautiful jewels of wisdom. This, unfortunately, is easier said than done, so what I have now is 10 tips to help us to maintain calmness. And I don't have to take notes because I already have my notes because I needed this probably more than you guys. Uh, there, are, there are a number of scientific studies out there that show the deep connection between staying calm and productivity, that one can become more productive if they're calm. If you, if you get, uh, what do you call it, tensed up, clenched is a word, Stressed. It's hard to be productive at all, right? So, number one, this was my favorite one: plan ahead. Plan ahead. Uh, there's nothing more stressful for I know personally me is to run sort of behind, late on whatever it is. It's a project. You just name it, and it, that's a big stressor. We don't always know uh, what's going to what we're going to walk through when we step into one situation or other, but we probably have a good idea of the general types of pressures that we may face on a daily basis. Why not choose to decide to de-stress in that one area by planning ahead? Now, we cannot plan for every circumstance, correct? But if we have pretty much our, our, our life planned out, we can know, well, there's not gonna be too much of a curveball that takes place. Decide in advance on a few possibilities that could occur and how you handle them in a simple formula such as if X happens, I do Y can make a big difference. So have a contingency. Have a plan. Well what if this happens? This is what I'm going to do. One of the big things I used to talk to people about when I was an emergency manager and about emergency preparedness was if you, if you have a plan. Uh, you'll be able to think, of, be able to move on it quicker, and they'll go. Well, how can you plan for everything? And I'm like, you don't plan for everything. You have a general plan that says, you know, okay, if if these wide varieties of things are going to happen, these are my first steps. They're sort of generic in in, in fashion, right? But know that you have a plan that keeps you calm. Number number two, be flexible. No matter how careful we plan, there are always a chance a situation will pop up and cause things to be different to be different. When this happens, it takes a, a moment to regroup and prepare for, to methodically deal with a new issue. So just be flexible. Don't be so rigid that you can't change your mind. You're laughing. Do I? No, no. I'm very rigid. You're very rigid. I saw a phrase one time that said so when you've got you're going down a certain way, Atarley. Tara and I have done this many times. We've got something planned we're going to do. Right. And then we oh, we can't. We'll look at Plot twist. Plot twist. That's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, we set out one day to go go uh, take care of some business and go have lunch. But we got finished our business so early. We said, well, we'll just go and wait a little bit. Then we got to the place. It was 40 minutes till lunch. I'm like, I'm not going to sit here for 40 minutes. So we said, we'll go to another place. And by the time we actually stopped at a place, we could have sat for 40 minutes and stayed at the first place, right? But at the other hand, it wasn't like, we we have to do this so bad that we're gonna stress ourselves out. We're just like, okay, let's move to the next one. But be flexible, very important. Next one, this is somebody, everybody says, don't sweat the small stuff. Not all tasks are equally important. Some of them can remain undone for later with no major consequence, setting priorities, helps us all to maintain a sense of control. Uh, especially if you're in uh, uh, doing some productivity that requires deadlines on certain things, uh, web design is one, uh, maintenance, preventive maintenance on vehicles or certain deadlines and things that should be done, and you realize there are some things that you can't accomplish because there, there are actually three steps before you that you can't control that is not finished. And, and it's, it can be frustrating. But if, if, we, if we realize... I can't sweat the things I can't control. So therefore it's all right. I'll just have to wait. I have to wait for a couple of days. And you've had people that had an expectation for you to get something done and you cannot get to what they want because they have not submitted it in the right format, et cetera, et cetera. And you have to be patient to tell them it's not happening until you get whatever. And I had one guy tell me, well, then, 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 uh, uh, if that's how I'm supposed to do it, can I put it up there myself? I was like, Knock yourself out, right? But the point is is he couldn't get it done fast enough to get it to me, so I say, well, if you want to do it, do it. Now, next one, count to ten. What does this mean? Does that literally mean count to ten? Not really. If it helps you, do it. Take a break. Um, step away from what you do. Just take a break. Uh, for me, it's... Uh, Backing up, getting off the computer, and going downstairs and sitting for a while with 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 Melanie, just break away from it. Uh, also, it helps me. I know uh, sometimes when I break and come back, I go, "Oh, okay." You can you can see the problems and fix, make a solution. Uh, also, it sounds sometimes helps to get another person's opinion. You know, in in that. Now, I, I have this here. And it's, it's very basic and fundamental, but it's true. Uh, control your breathing. and t- Don't get overstressed. Uh, I don't know if you know that when you get stressed out, you tend to breathe more shallow, and which reduces oxygen intake and which can create more stress. So control your breathing. Um, and, and when I say that, also take some time to take a deep breath. Sometimes I'll do that. Melanie goes, what's wrong? <laughs> right? Because I'll go... Yeah, I know. (laughs) You're so tense, you stop breathing. Just breathe. Right. Just it. Right. Another one, (laughs) good suggestion, (laughs) which I find this one hard, but I'm just going to tell you it's what they said to try. Smile, even if you have to fake it. Just kind of smile. Okay, like, okay, I got it. Um... By all means, this is easier for some people than others. Uh, avoid doom and gloom scenario. Just because A and B took place outside of your control does not mean the world's going to come to an end. Okay, It's just, this is the way it's going to happen. So avoid doom and gloom. Now, there's some people that are sort of natural uh, pessimists, right? And, and ev- everything is always, if these things happen, then it's the worst, Okay, And if that's your problem, you have a serious problem with calmness because it's going to be very difficult for you to ever maintain calmness when you're thinking the world's going to come to an end. So what you've got a bigger fish to fry, and that is how do you conquer this attitude that everything is going to just be a disaster and nothing ever works out good in my life. Somebody used to tell me, okay, you know, you think, that, think of the worst possible thing that could happen in this situation and accept it. And that's hardly ever going to happen. Correct. And then so whatever happens will be less than that. Correct. Correct. Well, I I know somebody uh, th- that is, and we, we were having a conversation, the person's sibling was talking and said that that this person is constantly a victim of all the circumstances in their life. And they, it's like they expect everything to victimize them, Right. So everything is always just dramatic on Facebook and dramatic on this place and the other. And it doesn't need to be. It just doesn't need to be dramatic. And what this person doesn't realize is they're creating much of the drama and trauma in their life just because they expect it to be gloom and doom, right? They expect it. So that's what they're focusing on. Um, so uh, what's the what's the, uh, what's the song uh, from... Um, Jungle Book, Bear Necessities. That is a fantastic song to play when you're starting to like totally wig out on something silly. Oh, well, yeah, somebody might think you're wigged out. you go to Bear Necessities. You know, you don't want to. Yeah, right? So, but the thing is, is is focus on on positive aspects, and you're right. Look at the worst case scenario. Seldom is this, is it the worst. Now. I'm going to first say these words and then I'm going to go to number eight. Stop demanding perfection of yourself. You're not perfect. That's okay. Show me a person who claims to be perfect and I'll show you a dirty liar or a miserable human being. Right? So what does that mean? Trust yourself. Okay? I love the words of Rabbi Nachman, of Breslov, Rav Greenbaum, Rav Dror, all of our Brislover teachers, that it's all right to be you. And it's all right to trust yourself and to know that, that we understand that God gives you the ability to get your job done. And though sometimes we'll say, well, you know, Hashem will not put more on me than I can bear. Well, doggone it, I've been in some situations where I didn't think I was doing a good job bearing it, right? But at the same time, I've got to trust myself. So there are sometimes good reasons to change our plans, such as a new set of circumstances arising or receiving new information about a situation, in the absence of compelling reason, however, stick to the plans we have outlined for ourselves. Random changes will only confuse us and put us behind schedule. So the idea is this: I, I knew someone who was uh, that that uh, I, I worked with, and he was uh, CFO of a company. And he could not make decisions. Was great in doing everything else. If you asked him to nitpick something on an on a analyzing budget, he could do it. But to get him to make a decision, he did because he, he didn't trust himself. He felt like he was going to make a mistake. And it was, it was frustrating for everyone around him because he was the guy that was supposed to be in charge of making things happen. And it just wouldn't happen. So that isn't very, very important. Next. Uh, We already said it. Focus on the positive. Um, Quit beating yourself up for things that that happen. Life's too short. That's number nine. Number eight is trust yourself and stop demanding perfection of yourself. Oh, Also, demanding perfection of yourself or anybody else will only stress you out because it is just impossible. Do what now? Number nine is focus on the positive. Uh, let me, let me address something. I think it's really important. Anytime we deal with any of these areas of Musar, uh, if you deal with any level of mental health issues, these are all going to be challenges. Okay. And my heart goes out to people who are really broken with bad mental health problems. And, I realize that that person, Hashem, has given them a very special neshama because now they have to not only deal with their bad mental health, but they still have to develop their musar. And they've got to do it through all the challenges. And they may not perfect it like some others will perfect it. Uh, But at the same time, um, it's important to focus on the positive because what happens, a person who has mental health issues, tends to beat themselves up for not being able to be like everybody else. Right? They start feeling depressed. I don't, you know, I'm not like Sal here is just a Mr. Happy-Go-Lucky and does everything right. <laughs> I'm not like Mr. Sal who sits on a mountain and clouds float around him. Levitate. Levitate, right? Right? Uh, and we all tend to look at everybody else as if they are devoid of any of those issues. And it's important to think positive. And I thank God for the ability to even when I feel negative about myself, I at least have enough self-awareness to realize that's not that's not positive to think negative about yourself. It's not good to speak the Lushnhara and evil speech about yourself. And it's like it's, it's, I'm, I thank God I have that ability. Some people don't have that ability. It's like it never comes to their reason factors that this is a thought in their head that they don't have to take ownership of. It's just a thought. The problem is, and we've learned this in other classes, many people think that their thoughts are them. And your thoughts are not you, they're just thoughts. Just because you thought it doesn't mean it's yours. So don't take ownership over negative things that you think about. And I've done it as well. I'm going to tell you right now. I've sat before and said, I don't, I don't even, I don't even know. I feel horrible that, I, that I'm this way at times. And I start beating myself up. And then in the back of my head, there's this little voice goes, ah, that's not healthy. That's not healthy at all. You're not going to accomplish anything but make yourself miserable. And we've known poor people that does not have that reasoning factor that drive themselves into emotional oblivion. And I feel sorry for them. That's why the last one, number 10, is delegate and seek help. Delegate and seek help. Now, what do I mean by delegate? Uh, And, you know, obviously we're not all in a position to ask somebody else to do something for us. But it literally means it's all right to let some things go. And it's all right to ask for assistance, and that's probably one of the hardest things for me to do As well, you guys know, you know, I go in the hospital, I don't tell anybody, right? And, and I should have, but I'm trying to be tough and hardcore. No, I it just, just didn't think about it. But Moshe did the same thing, right? He went in the hospital, didn't call anybody. I happened to find, I don't know, how did I find out? Oh, Val told you, yes. And that was sort of in passing, too, so... Uh, but the point is, is delegate and seek support. If something seems to be a little bit too much and you're not able to maintain your level of calmness, it's all right to say, you know what, I need, I need to peel some of this off the top. I, I don't need to add this this to me. And I found the hardest thing that I had to learn in my life is being able to say no. Right? Say a no to somebody that wants to pile a little bit more on you. And to them, it's not a big deal. It's just this little bit of pile, but they don't realize you're carrying enough to break a camel's back. And so it's all right to just say, look, I can't do this. You're going to have to help me out. Um, And don't forget, uh, it's a good, strong character trait to be able to admit that you need to get some help. It's a great character trait to look somebody, whether it's a professional, whether it's a doctor or whatever, or a friend, And say, hey, I'm dealing with this. I need to work through the issues. So as God gives us the strength to develop calmness, uh, which seems to be a very difficult task in our world, do whatever it takes to maintain your calmness. I know that I'm trying to look for formulas to do that. And, you know, if if I disappear off of Facebook, you'll understand why. But it's just after a while, you have to think about there are some things that are not important that does not create an environment for my calmness. And if that's the case, then it's time to start cooking it off the books, you know, burning it off the books. That concludes the class on, on Musar, a lesson in calmness. Thank you. And you can open up the floor for questions and answers. Yes.